0: to episode 107 of the Burning Bush Podcast, where we share the message of the Bible while enjoying a good cigar. Hope you're doing well, and I'm glad you've joined me. And today we're reading the New Testament book of Matthew, chapter 8, with commentary from the notes in the Charles Spurgeon Study Bible. And I'm smoking the San Cristobal Elegancia Imperial 6 by 52 so let's go on over to the San Cristobal website and see what they have to say. A golden blonde Connecticut seed wrapper leaf harvested in Ecuador envelops a creamy amalgam of Nicaraguan binder and filler tobaccos grown on select Garcia family estates. Notes of white pepper, cashew, almond, and coffee accompany silky spices in a luscious and approachable blend. The mild to medium bodied profile entices enthusiasts of mild cigars and offers ample allure for cigar lovers prospecting for a touch of backbone. And the strength is mild to medium. Country of origin is Nicaragua, and the wrapper is an Ecuadorian Connecticut. Tasting notes are cream, cashew, almond coffee bean and white pepper and it received a 91 rating from cigar aficionado and the Vitolas are Robusto 5x50 Corona 5.5x46 Grandioso 6x60 Imperial 6x52 Churchill 7x50 And the pyramid, 6.125 by 52. That is the San Cristobal Elegancia. Let's get back into our reading of the book of Matthew in chapter 8. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version, the ESV, and we're continuing on from chapter 7 after Jesus finished the sermon on the mount when he came down from the mountain great crowds followed him and behold a leper came to him and knelt before him saying lord if you will you can make me clean and jesus stretched out his hand and touched him saying i will be clean and immediately and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. And Spurgeon comments on verse 10, Hearing this, Jesus was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with so great a faith. The Gospels do not report that Jesus was amazed at the gigantic architecture of the temple, at the wonderful discipline of the Roman army, or at the profound knowledge of the rabbis. He was amazed only twice, according to the record, and on both occasions he was amazed concerning someone's faith, once at the absence of it and once at its presence. In the former case, Jesus was amazed at the unbelief of his fellow Jewish hometown people. See Mark chapter 6, verse 6. In the narrative before us, he was amazed at the faith of a centurion. We must not become indifferent to the marvels of divine grace. The many wonders of our world are nothing when compared with the countless wonders of grace. Only a foolish man does not admire the works of God in nature. A person is frivolous who does not trace with awe the hand of God in history. But he is even more unwise who ignores the masterpieces of divine skill and wisdom that are to be seen in the empire of divine grace. In the kingdom of God, the museum of grace is richer than that of nature. A heart broken on account of sin is a far greater wonder than the rarest fossil. Whatever it may tell of ancient floods of the sea or convulsions of the land, an eye that glistens with the tears of repentance is a greater marvel than the falls of Niagara. Faith that humbly links itself to Christ has in it as great a beauty as the rainbow, and the confidence that looks alone to Jesus is as much an object for admiration as is the sun when it shines in its strength. Let others applaud the wonders they have seen, but it is for the redeemed to say that God's work of redemption is more amazing than anything else in our world. And we'll pick it back up in verse 11. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham Isaac and Jacob, in the kingdom of heaven. While the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness, in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. And when Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she rose and began to serve him. That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. Now when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to go to the other side. And a scribe came up and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Follow me, and leave the dead to bury their own dead. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And Spurgeon comments on verse 24, Suddenly a violent storm arose on the sea so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But Jesus kept sleeping. What? A storm where Christ is? Yes, it is generally so. If all seems calm, you may question whether Christ is there. But when he goes into the boat and his disciples follow him, it is not remarkable that the devil comes after him. Jesus slept. Here is the weakness of humanity, And here is also the strength of faith. Jesus went to sleep because that boat was in his father's hands and he would take care of it. Sometimes the best thing we can do is to go to bed. You are worrying and troubling yourself and you can do nothing. Go to sleep. It's the climax of faith to be able to shake off all care and to feel If the Lord cares for me, why should I not sleep? To sleep was the best thing Jesus could do to renew his bodily energies and to prepare himself for the time when his efforts would be needed for the deliverance of his disciples from danger. And continuing on in verse 25, And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? And when he came to the other side, to the country of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men met him coming out of the tombs, so fierce that no one could pass that way. And behold, they cried out, What have you to do with us, O son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now a herd of many pigs was feeding at some distance from them. And the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, send us away into the herd of pigs. And he said to them, Go. So they came out and went into the pigs, And behold, the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the waters. The herdsmen fled, and going into the city, they told everything, especially what had happened to the demon-possessed men. And behold, all the city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they begged him to leave their region. That's the end of today's reading in the book of Matthew. So be sure to check out the show notes for links to the Charles Spurgeon Study Bible, as well as today's cigar. Also, Groundworks Ministries for daily Bible studies and devotionals. Treats and Truth Ministry, where you can get involved in helping to spread the gospel to and be a blessing to the homeless. And the Burning Bush Merchandise Store, where you can pick up some items to help spread the word about the show. If you know anyone who needs to hear this, please let them know about the podcast and help share the message of the Bible, the hope we have in Yeshua Messiah, Jesus Christ. So until next time, have a great day, have a great cigar, and God bless.